I, I can't afford to not have my plan of action on point, you know? And, and for me, that's my alarm clock. That's my marketing. Like, you know, that is what it is for me. I am intentional about the people that I represent. I'm very intentional about the places that I go and, and being intentional is, is my key word. You know, it's Erica intentional Diaz, you know, because yeah, it, it has to make sense. Um, and if it doesn't, then we keep it moving, you know? So if, if you set your sight on, these are the type of people I want to represent or I want to interview, what are you doing to put yourself in that room to interview those type of people? Or what are you doing to, you know, help elevate you to that direction? We are not telling you to quit your job. Here at Off The Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast, we are teaching you exactly how to gain your freedom as a healthcare professional in places that school never taught you. This is OTC University and class is in session. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. As always, I am your co-host, Mr. Carl Bourne Jr., and I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Paulo Ching. Paul, say what's up to the people. What's up, y'all? And what's up to everybody in YouTube land as well? We never give y'all enough love. What up? We don't. We don't. We don't. We don't. As always, you guys know we love to bring you amazing guests that just pour a lot of value show you to be able how to get your side hustle off the ground, build your own brand, your own business, whatever you have in mind, we help you bring it to life. So this episode is no exception. Very excited about this episode, actually, because we have a, a certified lady boss in the building that's going to drop some, some fire. Um, really excited for this episode. We have the creator of the B Firm PR Public Relations, uh, an author as well, and just an overall boss that's going to show you guys some really good information that's going to help you be able to apply it to your businesses and your brands. And without further ado, I do want to go ahead and introduce Erica. Erica, how are you feeling? Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you guys for having me. I am doing phenomenal. <laughs> so yeah of course of course so just to kind of hop into it you know because we want to be respectful of your time you wear a lot of hats um I think you're I think you're essentially like a jack of all trades you got your hands in a lot of different things so with that being said how would you kind of define the field you're in and how would you kind of define yourself in terms of everything that embodies who you are? So um, that that term, jack of all trades or jackie of all trades, I usually like to remind people that I might be the jackie of all trades, but trust and believe I have mastered three of those, you know? So whatever it is that you guys see me doing out there, I definitely have mastered, executed, profited, off of 
maybe three of those, you know? Um, so I, I want to leave with that because I feel like you can't be the jack of all trades or the jackie of all trades and not master none, right? Um, and for me, currently, I am the co-founder of the B Firm PR, which is a PR firm that I started alongside my sister, Ashley Jernigan. Um, we have an office in Montgomery, Alabama, um, Atlanta, and California, where we're from. Um, shout out to the Bay Area. We're from the Bay Area. Um, and uh, I am a publicist. So my job, in a nutshell, is to curate the narrative being told to the media, to the public, about my clients. I, along with my sister and our team, we curate the narrative that you guys see in the media about different people that we represent. So um, our job is to make sure that they are highlighted in the best manner possible. You know, I'm not Olivia Pope. I'm not hiding kids, hiding, hiding girlfriends, none of that. I keep it fun. I keep it friendly. I keep it just, you know, good vibes, good energy. If the vibe is off, we are off. Um, anybody who inquires to even be represented by us is not always necessarily qualified to be represented by us. We are very selective um, just because we can be. And uh, my sister and I, you know, were very clear in the beginning of when we started our firm that every client that we represent they have to be aligned with our core values you know it was never about the money because we know how to make money we've had um, amazing you know careers in 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 our you know time um however when we stepped off into the entrepreneurial sector it was very important that we led with integrity um you know our core values and we stuck to you know what we believed in you know and and were willing to walk away from anything that wasn't aligned with that. So I don't know if that was like explained it, but yeah, I'm a publicist. I mean, yeah, yeah, it did. Um, I especially love that you highlighted. Um, it's absolutely no use if you're like a Jackie of all trades, but you're a master of none. Right. You that right. does you, you gotta be good at something. Something, right. You gotta right. be good at something. Yeah. Um, let me ask this. So, mm-hmm. When, because, you know, you mentioned that you and your sister um, co-founded the B Firm PR. What was the inspiration behind that? What even got y'all to the point where you were like, this is something we need to do? Yeah. So um, initially, um, I was killing it in public relations, not public relations, sorry, wardrobe styling for television and film. Um, I started my journey at a very, very young age. Um, in the fashion and beauty industry. Um, my grandmother was the one who was like my Thelma to my Louise. And she really, really was my like inspiration behind me having a career in, in the beauty industry, uh, whether that was hair, cosmetology, fashion, beauty, makeup, those, you know, that was our, our thing. And um, I was doing wardrobe styling for television shows, uh, commercials, um, you know, really excelling in that. And um, unfortunately, things kind of took a turn. Uh, my grandmother ended up passing away. And um, a month before she passed away, we were talking about coming to Atlanta, right? And um, the night of her service, I decided I was going to just step out on faith and, you know, come to Atlanta. And I came here and I didn't come here to 
you know, be this new person. I really came to just do some soul searching and figure out who I was outside of my family, outside of, you know, my career that I was excelling in. And um, my family and I are extremely close. So just me kind of leaving them and, and just, you know, going to uncharted territory, I kind of had to like reintroduce myself to who I was, if that makes sense. And my sister Ashley was killing it and still is killing it in public relations. And she was more in the political sector and hospitality sector. And then I was still doing wardrobe styling. But because of my grandmother not being here, um, the, the love and the the passion for it not being as, you know, just spot on as I really wanted it to be. Um, I, I, you know, just started searching for other things. And my sister would allow me to work with her on certain PR campaigns. And, um, you know, we were doing different things. And I really wasn't super, like, serious about it. I was just like, oh, this is, this is interesting. Like, Cause I honestly, not to be cocky or anything, but it was kind of easy for me, you know, to like kind of connect people and, you know, to tell, you know, stories that were true and, you know, that narrative storytelling and, you know, making people want to buy into other people that kind of came natural to me. And so, um, one day I was working on a television show that will remain nameless, but it was something that just wasn't elevating me you know I would go on set and I would really feel drained you know I don't know if you guys have ever been anywhere working in a situation where you're like oh my god I have to go here again and it was that type of energy that I was receiving and I just remember like the spirit talking to me and was like it's time to just walk away you know and I remember calling my sister and I was like so this PR thing that you're doing (laughs) she was like yeah I was like so we need to make this a real business because she was already doing it for a company and she was a a corporate publicist. And so I'm like, we just need to start our own business. I said, I have the clients. I'm pretty sure I can get us some stuff, you know, some work. Let's just start our own firm. And when I tell you a weekend conversation of talking to my sister, shout out to her for believing in me. She agreed to start our own PR firm. She thought of the name. My job was to get the clients. My sister was not ready to 100% start, you know, this entrepreneurial journey. I was, because I was so drained from being on this particular show. It was just a no-go for me. And I remember leaving that set and a person said, so what are you going to do now? And I said, you really don't know whose child of God I am. And honestly, I was kind of dumbing myself down even being here, you know, and I, I, I walked away, stepped out on faith and my sister had our business back office in order. And I was the one who, you know, executed it with the clients. And, um, that's really how we started. You know, it was, it was really from a, a need of me wanting more and me looking for that, that desire to be, um, mentally challenged, you know? Uh, by my work, um, do something that I love. I, I said, when I left that set, I said, I would never be a part of any project or represent anybody or work with anybody that I 100% wasn't good, feeling good about, you know, it didn't matter who it was or what it you know, how big the person was celebrity wise or what it was. Cause this was a really big show. 
but it did nothing for me mentally, spiritually, emotionally. It, it wasn't going to give me an Oscar. <laughs> then isn't that the goal? I mean, like, come on now. So I was just like, yeah, no, this isn't going to get me really anywhere. And I was there for a reason. I wasn't there for a lifetime. You know, I was there for a reason. And once I really figured out what that was, um, God literally opened up other doors and, you know, PR just kind of clicked and the rest was kind of history. So Erica, with that being said, I think um, a recurring thing that we try to try to really instill in our listeners is just the fact that this whole entrepreneurial thing is not easy. Like, oh, yeah. it looks like gold and glitz and glam, but you got to grind to, to, to yeah. finally see some success. So yeah. the question that I want to ask you, you know, because you've you had some amazing success, you know, Besides creating this, I saw, we, we both saw, you know, that you were in Huffington, Huffington Post, uh, Black Enterprise, you know, those are very prestigious accolades. And so the question that I want to ask you, with all that being said, what do you think was the biggest lesson that you had to learn before you started actually seeing some success as an entrepreneur? Um, the biggest lesson was honestly patience, you know? Um, and, and, and faith, you know, my faith was tested many times, you know, again, I was in Atlanta by myself, even though my sister did agree to help with the business, she didn't know what I was going through internally, you know, mentally, spiritually, financially, um, even starting my business, uh, there was a point in time that I was living in a hotel nobody knew, you know, because I knew how to do my hair. I knew how to do my makeup. I could wear all black, you know, and still look presentable. Um, but there was a time when I was living in a hotel, you know, um, and, uh, I, I made it work, you know, I did what I needed to do, you know? Um, and, and those were some of the lessons, like, as far as just like knowing that, this road that I'm on, like, it's me and the big man upstairs. Like, it wasn't about my sister and us being business partner. It was an internal thing. I, I needed to figure out, like I said, who I was um, in, in my faith, um, in this walk, in this journey uh, of entrepreneurship, in this journey of faith, um, but being patient. You know, I was like, how did I get to this hill? You know, <laughs> like, who would have? you know and uh, being patient that has been the lesson for me that has been my greatest reward you know um and um just let honestly I mean it might sound cliche but just letting God do his thing like I literally had to surrender you know for me that was my lowest you know me being in a hotel and it wasn't like I was at the intercontinental. I was like at the extended stay, you know? So for me, that was, that was, that was a low point for me. Thank God I had the little, I think it was what, $200 a night to even stay there. But like, I know my mom didn't know my dad, my, my brothers and sisters didn't know. I knew that was something that I had to go through to come out of. And not when I say go through, I mean, actually grow through, not even go through. Cause you don't, I don't feel like I, was going through anything it was it was a growing thing you know and so just being patient and um being obedient that was to me the biggest lesson 
I have a question for you, but first I just want to kind of like, it's a two part thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that, you know, you're, you're sharing that point. Cause I know Carla myself, I mean, obviously every entrepreneur, you know, has their story. They've had to grow through something and, and overcome and like just become a different person. The person that's required to have the success that is coming your way. Right. But I know that for some people, um, they tend to, and my, me, myself included, they tend to like kind of experience this imposter syndrome where it's mm-hmm. like, when you start seeing a ton, a ton of success. Right. Um, I know for myself, like I've experienced it where we're, we're having so much success that I'm almost like, bro, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm waiting for all of this to like, just stop being this great. Right. Yeah. One, if you've ever experienced that, do you mind sharing? And two, um, how could somebody dealing with that work through it and overcome it? What do yeah. they need to do to actually, you know, get to that next level? Yeah. So yeah, definitely. I experienced that when I wrote my first book. Um, you know, me being a publicist, people, you know, put their own description of what that means for me, right? I'm supposed to be in all black. I'm supposed to be in the corner. I'm supposed to be, you know, just the beast while my clients are the beauty and whatever. And when I wrote my first book, I kind of was like, this isn't my book. I'm not in Barnes and Nobles. I'm not doing a book signing here. What do you mean? Like, who? where's Erica? You know, like it, it was crazy that I had a journalist that writes for Essence moderating it. It was a sold out book. Uh, what are they called? Book tour? I don't know. It was, it was a sold out event. You know, my book sold out that day at Barnes and Nobles and I'm, you know, sitting across from people that are here to see me, you know, and, and I had to catch my breath. I had to breathe. I had to, you know, pump myself up. And people usually, when they meet me, they, they see a confident woman, which I am. They see, you know, a black woman who, you know, whatever they said about me or, or heard or whatever the case is, they have their own, you know, perception. Right. But that particular day, I was, I was dealing with some like, okay, favor fears, you know, imposter syndrome type thing to where I had to talk myself out of it. And I, I, um, I reminded myself, I was like, girl, you got this. Like, do you know who you are? You know, whose granddaughter you are, you know, how proud your grandmother would be. So for anybody who's dealing with that, I mean, that's what worked for me. I literally pumped myself up. I went in the mirror in the bathroom, took six deep breaths. And I talked to myself and I said, you deserve this. You know, you know who you are, you know whose you are. And I knew, I just started thinking about, you know, God's grace and and how far I had come and like, wow, I'm really in Barnes and Nobles. Like, you know, Um, so just talk, I just talked myself out of it. I don't know if that might work for other people, but that, is what worked for me. I can speak of what worked for me. Um, but uh, yeah, that that was what, you know, I did when I had that experience of imposter syndrome, you know. Um, and I posted something even today talking about how, you know, women, sometimes we don't, don't give ourselves enough credit. Like, are we kind of let everybody else around us get the credit and it was really us. It's okay to say, 
our podcast is the shit. Sorry, I don't, you know, if you, if I can't cuss, you know, but like we are the shit, you know, and yes, we, third time is a charm. Like I like that type of stuff, you know, be, get it. Boo. Like that just is going to pump me up. You guys winning is me winning. I just get excited, you know? So like, I just encourage people to pump yourself up, pat yourself on the back, even those small wins. That is a win. That is amazing. Like we are going so much and it's like just to see you guys even here on on the zoom i'm like i'm just so proud of you guys so you know like pump yourself up that's that's what i would say look at yourself in the mirror and remind yourself you know get dressed get cute you know and and yeah <laughs> that's what i love I it facts i like that energy um <laughs> Man, okay, so we're just getting started. Question for you. So with everything that's been going on, you know, everything that you've been continuously progressing towards and you know how they say every with every level there's a new devil. How, walk us through, like what does your process look like as far as goal setting? Like once you accomplish something, how do you kind of take a step back and say, okay, I'm here now this is where I need to go. Mm -hmm. So I'm very old school. I'm like, we'll write it down on my, on my whiteboard. I have a vision board that is humongous and I just add to it. And then I just, you know, I don't never take anything away from the vision board. Even when I do accomplish it, I just kind of sit there and I'm like, wow, girl, you did that. Like, you know? And so, um, I, I, I write down my goals, you know, I know everybody's now, you know, vision, vision board on my iPhone. No, I am old school. I need to write it down. I need to see it. I will cut out magazine, little clippings, inspirational words, you know, pictures, visuals, whatever I need to keep, you know, laser focused on it. And then I keep my vision board where I can see it, you know, and then with my whiteboard, I write down my goals. If I'm trying to make $40,000 this month, this is what I need to do in order to get it, you know, and it doesn't even necessarily come from me signing clients to my PR firm. It can come from, you know, my other revenue streams, you know, um, but that's how I, how I execute, you know, my goals and my sister, I have to give her credit because she don't be giving herself as much credit as she is. She's like borderline, like a genius. And, um, she, literally will map out my whole like money plan life plan is this aligned with your core value like she will get me all the way together to where you don't even breathe unless it's on the plan you know like she she's that that you know cross your t's dot your eyes and that's why we work together as business partners because i am more of the step out on faith you know just you know, move to New York with a, a you know, a hundred dollars. My sister's like, no, I need a hundred thousand before I leave to go anywhere, you know? So we just work like that. But, but because of my sister being like that, that has really helped me with executing my goals that helped me when I built my house, you know, just, just different things that I wanted to do. I'm, I'm very much so into sticking to the plan of bigger goals like that though. <laughs> Um, so I got to ask on the back end of that question that Carla actually asked, um, let's talk business a little bit. Is that cool? 
All right, we're not going to give away like trade secrets or anything like that. But um, let, let me just ask this question. So in the same way that you go through your goal setting, mm-hmm. um, how have you set up your system so that like you can make sure that let's say your marketing is up to par, right? Like everything that you do, everything you put your hand in is fire. Like nothing mm-hmm. is lacking the Erica touch. How, how, do, how do you create those systems so that happens? Honestly, when people ask me stuff like that, like it's not even like a secret or anything I can like say that is giving it away because it literally just comes off the dome. Like I don't plan out a marketing strategy. I am so intentional about my goals and about what I need my future to look like and what I want it to look like that I can't afford to do anything else other than that. You know, like, I think, you know, when I told you guys about the me living in the hotel, that was enough for me to be like, oh, yeah, I need to really get this shit together. You know, like, I, I can't afford to not have my plan of action on, on point, you know, and, and for me, that's my alarm clock. That's my marketing. Like, you know, that is what it is for me. I am intentional about the people that I represent. I'm very intentional about the places that I go and, and being intentional is, is my key word. You know, it's Erica intentional Diaz, you know, because yeah, it, it has to make sense. Um, and if it doesn't, then we keep it moving, you know? So if, if you set your sight on, these are the type of people I want to represent, or I want to interview what are you doing to put yourself in that room to interview those type of people? Or what are you doing to, you know, help elevate you to that direction? Like I knew that if I wanted to charge $5,500 a month and up, I couldn't do PR for love and hip hop. That isn't my clientele. You know, I can't do events at Ray Ray's, restaurant I have to do them at Neiman Marcus you know so I had to diversify it up you 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 can't you know expect to be you know just you know like you got to be intentional about your setting about your your, you know the type of clientele that I wanted to act I can't be out here looking like as my grandmother say glutton and I'm gonna sign a client for 5500 like it's just not it's not gonna happen (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> you just set me up perfectly for the next question um with that being said you know you mentioned and i think this is an element of being an entrepreneur that's so important can't be stressed enough just that power of the mastermind and being able mm-hmm. to put yourself you know in the presence of people that can help elevate you so speaking of that Speaking of being able to give yourself a seat at the table, let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit about Erica's table of 20. What, what, is, what is this table of 20? How did it come into fruition? What is the goal behind it? And uh, how do you see it growing? Right. So um, I'm pretty sure you've been to a Sunday dinner, right? No? Yes? 
Shake heads, no? Okay. Sunday dinner or fam dinner with your friends, dinner with your family, whatever that may look like. It's always hopefully a vibe, right? People are talking about stuff. They ain't got no business. They crying, laughing, drinking too much. They look good. Some people come in there looking crazy, whatever it is. It's, it's just a vibe, right? That's usually unforgettable. It's an experience. Um, my grandmother was the one who used to put on these amazing, amazing family dinners right but we would have like the mayor come and we would have like the garbage man come or the mail lady and we would have you know whoever is in politics like it was just it was a diverse group of people right and I just remember my grandmother making everybody feel welcome feel included she didn't have a table of 20 she had more so like a table of 55 <laughs> and um you know we would have a program it was like like just dope and I, w I would just remember being young I think everybody calls it ear hustling but I just used to love sit, trying to sit at the adult table like listening like oh my god what and just you know just listening and just soaking up all this knowledge and people will be dropping gems and all these different things and I just was determined to always get a seat at the table right my little brother and sister, they would be playing, doing what they would be doing, but I would be at the adult table. Like, I need to be in this room. I need to be at this table. I need to be sitting next to my grandmother or to one of her smart friends, too, because I know I'm going to, you know, get some get some gems, you know? And um, I remember on my journey coming to Santa, I would get invited to events. <laughs> and, um, yeah, they were just kind of like the same thing. You know, you ever been somewhere where it's like the same vibe, the same energy, and you're like, oh, God, no, like, again, you know, and it's dry. You know, people come with the person that they know or that they live with, and it's like, why are you, I thought you were here to network. I thought you were here to, you know, or they just stay in their little comfort zone or they get real clickish. And I was tired of that, you know, and I would get invited to some pretty, like, whatever people consider to be dope events. But I was just like, yeah, no, this isn't dope. Like, I could have, no, I didn't have to get dressed, you know, for this. I said, you know what, I'm going to create my own thing. Um, but because I can only entertain 20, 20 was the magic number. And I said, I'm going to call it Erica's Table of 20. And so I wanted to bring people from all over for us to connect, impact, engage, inspire. It's not an empowerment. That word is so overused, I feel. Um, it's not an empowerment luncheon. It's a experience. You know, you come, you literally believe the thing, I feel like. You know, uh, I, I mean, I, I feel like it because I when people come and they're always just like overwhelmed with like happiness, joy. They made some connection. They made a, a lifelong friend or maybe new boo or whatever it is. Whatever the vibe of that room is for that room. There's no program. Literally ask God before I started, I say, please give me the words to inspire, impact, and connect. And I let it flow wherever it's gonna go and and we do our thing we eat we look good we smell good we drink and we have a good time and it's and i've met people from all over the world literally like i've had people fly in from nigeria from toronto to like my houston event or to my miami event or to my san francisco event like anybody i just want to put a public service announcement anybody can inquire about coming to my event 
I don't hand select people and be like, hey, you should come, you should come, you should come. I post it, then you email my team. We go through everybody and then we we do select who gets to come, but it's almost like a any, many, miny mo type situation. It's not a, oh yeah, this person has, you know, 5,000 followers, they can come. It's a, it's a vibe. It's an experience that is no event is like the other, but um, yeah, it was inspired by my grandmother. I birthed my book out of that. I birthed a candle line out of that, my floral business out of that. Um, and yeah, that that was really the inspiration, just wanting to elevate my event experience, you know, and just who I connected with and who was sitting at my table. You know, there wasn't um, a lot of men or even men that I saw that looked like me doing exceptionally like things you know it was it, people were doing like vibes and stuff which i'm not gonna nobody's vibe but like when you come to mind you do have to get dressed up you know i want you to feel like oh yeah i'm coming to something nice you know it's at neiman market so yeah you might want to put on a button up you know um and it's just the vibe so yeah they just we just have a good time and so this saturday actually we're we're celebrating my 39th Erica's Table of 20. Yep. I mean, um, okay, so <laughs> I was about to be like, I mean, let me pull up. But guys, no, for real. Guys, can come. Come, we'll talk. Um, I will chat for real. Um, okay. So I, I want to ask you a question um, just because I want to be able to help our listeners, right? We're, we're really yeah. trying to help healthcare people become entrepreneurs. And so say say, uh, somebody comes to you in healthcare, um, they're trying to be an entrepreneur and they know that Eric Diaz is a go-to person. And they're like, here's the thing, money's no object. Here's a blank check. Here's whatever. Um, What I need to do is be able to give people the perfect experience, right? Or just have them come back, like leave knowing that they had a great old time, right? What are three things that you're going to be looking at just, flat right i'm not talking about like specific to uh um what's the word english dang a niche or whatever um but what are three things you're going to just look at every single scenario and say okay these are the three things that i'm going to be looking to make sure are available to me to make this event be the best that it can be for somebody else's event that's in the medical field want to make sure that the ambiance the the vibe when they come in like you know that warm that it's fun you know what I'm saying welcoming that it's inviting you know like you want to yeah like p- that people are approachable or where you have this like this are the breeders stuff like that like make people want to connect you know like make everybody feel included you know you want to definitely make sure people feel included you want to make sure that the that the space is inviting and that um you know everybody can can somehow connect right and then i would say um location too maybe location do you usually have like some go-to locations usually or like when you're picking one out what's that like well for mine um i end up getting Neiman marcus to be one of our sponsors so that is where i have been hosting my last uh 30 
events. However, these last two I'm I'm doing at uh, event spaces, um, and then one was at an art gallery concept I'm doing, um, and it's it's really inviting and it's really welcoming too. So I really love that vibe. The thing is with Neiman Marcus was also a marketing tool that I use. Remember when I said earlier in the conversation, being intentional. You guys are in the medical field. Why wouldn't you do it at an elevated experience? You know, like think of who might shop at this place or who might, you know, you, you want to put yourself in a, in a room that, you know, typically they wouldn't even think that you would do something at, or that that can even be done there. When people, when I started doing my events at Neiman Marcus, people were like, wait a minute, how, you, how did you put this on? Da, 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 da. They thought Neiman Marcus did the decor. They thought all these different types of things while I was on number 25 you know I was like girl you got to catch up like what are what are you talking about you know you worried about the wrong thing instead of you know trying to really connect and be more authentic and and build a natural connection people were kind of worried about the wrong thing so um for me the location at this point is 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 really not even important because people will literally buy tickets uh to come before I even announce where it's going to be or or who I'm honoring or whatever the case may be they they just want to be a part of of my experience you know so but for somebody else new to it and and wanting to you know break into that that space of having those type of intimate gatherings or experiences and be able to connect definitely like a location right that represents you you know and 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 that really you can kind of then also bring your flair to it because yes i'm not a everyday neiman market shopper however i brought all african-american except one i've worked with maybe you know two or three other nationalities but all of them have been african-american vendors that i've patronized you know that have collaborated with me you know i've made sure that represented every single time I put on an Erica's table of 20 90 percent of those events have been executed by myself and other African-American black uh event planners men and women so I always make sure that we are thoroughly represented throughout Neiman Marcus and we know they are not you know yeah so I appreciate that (laughs) thanks I don't walk in that like, was an African only event. Yeah, that was me playing chess, not checkers, you know? Hey. Like, oh, I mean, it, it is what it is at this point, you know? Right. Um, I was more of an asset to them than they were more to me. I helped increase the, the Atlanta um, restaurant by 75% when I started executing things there. You know, look for strategic partnerships too, because at the end of the day, they need to be bringing added value to you. Neiman Marcus wasn't the 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 little soft spot for me. I'm, I'm the secret sauce. You know, I basically brought the experience to Neiman Marcus to where they started thinking about how they were doing things to so much. So to where other cities that, you know, have Neiman Marcus locations were like, Oh, wait, 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 what's going on? Oh, you're Erica Diaz. Oh, okay. You know, like to where I had to remind them. Yeah, I am her. She is me. Me and all the listeners are in awe right now. (laughs) Ah, all right. You guys got to play chestnut checkers with it. You got to play chestnut checkers. You get what you negotiate, right? So that's also key too. 
you know, remember that before you go into these event spaces and you, you want to put on these events and, and what's your call to action, you know, and then also, uh, you know, what I just said earlier. Okay. Uh, you know what? You just segued in a question I wanted to ask you because you, oh. you talked about it a little bit. Segway queen, fam. I'm telling y'all listeners, you guys, you guys are getting some heat today on this one. Um, <laughs> for real. Okay, so let me ask you the um, last question. We obviously know um, one of the things we've learned, especially through our entrepreneurship uh, journey in our business, is that you got to be able to figure out how to partner up with people. That mm-hmm. is going to be the quickest way to get to wherever you want to get to. You know, this, this entrepreneurship thing is not, I mean, it's great to do it by yourself, but it's going to suck at some point. So when you are looking for partners, for example, you know, you mentioned Neiman Marcus, shout out to them. Um, you know, they don't sponsor us, but you know, maybe they will after this. Um, but exactly intentional. <laughs> when, when you're looking to partner up with people, right? I think a lot of people have this misconception that partnering up with people professionally is like making a friend on the playground in kindergarten where you just walk mm-hmm. up and you're like, Hey, can you be my friend? And mm-hmm. y'all are just going to, right? Mm-hmm. I can tell you that's detrimentally to your business. So what would you suggest when people are going to partner up with somebody else? Um, they look for in a partner or they look for, what do you look for? Let me ask that, right? If they want to get the deep stuff, come on, they can, they can call you and like email you and pay. All right. Can't give them everything. Um, but what do you look for in a partner that's able to make sure, like you say, you're the sauce. So is able to make sure that you can negotiate what you want and not have to give up what's part of your brand and what's part of you. Yeah. Yeah. So honestly, it goes back to kind of what I told you guys earlier about core values. You know, like when I'm looking for brands, is it a representation of me? Do would I really wear that, use that, eat that, talk about that? You know, I, I don't care about the monetary part it's like what who who is the owner of this brand or who you know what do they represent i'm a publicist you know at the end of the day too so it's like it has to be aligned with what i you know i i really do believe in i'm not going to put you in the gift bag just to put you in the gift bag at this juncture and i'm being honest i don't have to put nobody's stuff in my bags uh the the ticket sales alone pay for pay for the the event plus some you know so when i get sponsors who are monetary sponsors and and you know want to be a part of my event i have turned down certain people because it wasn't aligned with the vision you know and and when you're doing events at a neiman marcus or a bloomingdale's or you're doing them at you know a high-end restaurant or hotel whatever you guys choose to do your events make sure that it also is in taste with you know, where you are, um, and be willing to say no to, you know, things that aren't aligned with it because it it just might not be a good fit, you know? So I'm looking for things that are visually, aesthetically appealing, you know, things that I would really have no problem talking about, even if I wasn't getting paid to do it, you know, things that I would represent or wear or use, and patronize myself you know so so when you see my gift boxes and um they're they're i just got done you know putting together the ones for this weekend uh for my event it's all stuff that i would use that i would either want my future 
husband to use, like everybody's getting something out of it. So, you know, um, the guys that are there, they're going to enjoy their gift bags. The women are going to enjoy theirs. And yeah, it's, you know, that's what you want to look for. Things that you would really represent because you want it to be authentic. You know, who wants to have to fake it till you make it? Like, I'm not doing none of that. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not, not me. I know people who do. However, that's just, I, I don't have that type of time, you know, to, to look for a sponsor just because you can pay the money. I can create my own product then, you know? So it's like, okay, no, I don't have to take your candle line because I really know how to do my own. Or I can partner with somebody and we can do a collaboration and then we can make money. And, you know, you just want to bring added value. I look for people too that I can also bring added value to. And I'm not looking for the quick fix. I'm looking for them to be on board for my um, my 12 city tour, you know, when I start back in 2021. And it's 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 been a blessing that I've had some of the same sponsors start with me, you know, my fifth event up into now, this one being my 39th event um, that have have sponsored uh, my Erica's Table of 20. So that, you know, I'm looking for longevity. I'm looking for people that I can grow with that believe in the vision. Because some people act like they believe in the vision, but you know, they really don't. And it's like, oh, you know, they'll be like, oh yeah, I've heard of you. Oh my God. And then I'll just call their bluff. So yeah, wh- where, did, where did you, you read about me where? Oh, well, um, yeah, I saw you on Insta. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, no. You know, because I'm not, no. Mm-mm. And me, I like to, I don't, I cut out the BS. Like, you don't have to be doing the cookie cutter BS with me. I'm going to give it to you, like, no chasers. So, it's like, yeah, if this is a good fit, it is. If it's not, it's not, you know. So, look for things that you would really represent that that, you know, make sense to you guys that you can talk about even if you you know weren't being paid to talk about it that's what i would suggest and it makes it more of a good long-term relationship too because there's been sponsors that maybe couldn't be a monetary sponsor one month but i said oh no still bring you know still give me your product because again they've been rocking and rolling with me you know i'm all about building adult strategic relationships it's not about this whole, oh, yeah, girl, let's try to be BFFs and go out. I'm like, girl, do you know my last name? Oh, I said, so do you want a consultation or a cocktail? Because us having a cocktail is one thing, but a consultation, you could click the link in my bio and pay 150 to talk to me for up to 45 minutes. You know, it's, it's levels to it. So you just want to be clear on what people's intentions are. So with the sponsorship, think of it as, you know, a relationship. Treat them how you want to be treated. I just knew this episode was going to be fire. <laughs> My God. <laughs> we might have to charge for this one, Paul. <laughs> We're going to send you the split after it comes out, though, Erica. Don't worry. Okay. Yes, I got you guys. <laughs> nah, but but seriously, um, this was amazing. You know, and it, it is it is exactly what we thought it was going to be for the episode um from the moment that we got you scheduled we were looking forward to this one so it's just great to finally be able to get it done and great to be able to add the value that you provided you know for our listeners so thank you for that um to our lovely listeners there you have it i told y'all she was a complete boss now you see it for yourself 
um, the lovely Miss Erica Diaz. Erica, tell us though, for anyone who's listening for the first time and, um, or this is their first encounter with you and they're interested in getting in touch with you, what would be some uh, contact info or some social media information that you would want to leave with them? Yeah, so you guys feel free to follow me on the B Firm PR um, on Instagram. It's T H E B as in boy, F as in Frank, I R M P R. And you can feel free to also uh, reach me on my personal Instagram, which is Erica Diaz, D I A S, uh, the numbers 1010 on Instagram. Please don't send me a DM. You can just email me and I will respond. There we go. So again, Erica, can't thank you enough. Um, this was amazing, really. It was a, such a, yeah, it was a pleasurable experience to say the least. And, uh, yeah, just looking forward to, you know, continuing to stay in touch and, and see all the amazing things that you're going to do. So once again, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for coming on. Um, to our lovely listeners, if you got some value from this episode, and there's no way you can be still listening to this and tell me you didn't get any value, hit Erica up. Don't send her a DM, though. Email her. <laughs> Subscribe, comment, share, leave a five-star review, all that good stuff. You know, we appreciate y'all. Paul, the shirts. Tell them about the oh, shirts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Listeners. We say this a lot, and y'all keep playing, but I'm serious. There's going to come a day when these shirts stop being free. Stop playing. Text us. Get your free shirt while it's still free, because when that day comes, I promise you, if there's one thing about Carl and myself, we're not turning around. Once we say it's not free, it's not free. Y'all going to have to pay full price, and I will not blink. But because we love y'all, they're still free. Um, make sure to text the word shirt. That's the word S-H-I-R-T, shirt, to 321 384 6275 again that's 321 384 6275 to get your free shirt you'll get some prompts you'll get it ordered and we'll get it sent out to you um as well we got the black we got the white we got the gray if you want to get a custom order you can text us specifically and we'll think about it um but other than that make sure to get it while it's still free because once it's not it's not there you go with that being said until next time y'all peace many blessings thank you for listening to another episode of off the clock this episode was brought to you by The Accepted System. The Accepted System is a program that helps pre-physical therapy students get into physical therapy school without wasting time or money. Most pre-PT students go on to spend hundreds of dollars applying to multiple DPT programs, with the majority of them having less than 40% confidence that they will actually get accepted that cycle. You have been taught that regardless of all the work you put into applying, you really do not have much control over your acceptance into PT school. The truth is, you actually do. You can find help at www.preptgrindotc.com. This episode was also brought to you by PhysioMemes. PhysioMemes helps PT businesses to increase their referrals through word of mouth marketing by growing their brand with an online store. PhysioMemes. Thank you for listening. Don't be shy to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. See you next episode.